You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 41. We're talking to Wes Gay about clarifying our message so that we can win. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who once lost his wedding ring, but he found it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, your host. Glad to be with you again for episode 41. It is exciting that we're at 41. I can't believe it. And today I had a, have a guest coming back for the second time. Always love it when Wes Gay shows up. Wes is a writer for Forbes Under 30 section. He's a specialist in millennials. And recently he has gotten his story brand uh certification. That's what it's called. Story brand certification. Now, Donald Miller has written a book called Building a Story Brand, and it is basically how to leverage the power of story in clarifying your message. So today we're going to talk about how churches can clarify a message because clarity wins. And that's the general premise of this podcast. I mean, you've been in those meetings where you're like, okay, who are we trying to reach? And you kind of know a little bit about marketing. You're like, okay, we got to reach somebody. Who are we trying to reach? It's our target. And everybody in the room goes, well, there's like four people we're trying to reach. Like, Okay. So let's craft a message for four people who are vastly different. And you're like frustrated and you spend hours and you end up having nothing. And the reason is because you can't really do that. And so Wes gives us some pointers on how to get around some of that, how to deal with those situations, as well as how to go about crafting a message that's clear because that's what story brand is all about all about so we're talking about copywriting and, and different forms we're going to talk about websites a little bit but Wes is an expert and uh, we have a great conversation about it and one of the things I love about Wes and and gosh I wish I'd captured this on audio uh, I'd already turned it off rec- uh, the recorder off but Wes always has these incredible stories right and so um, someday I'm just going to have him come on the podcast and just okay tell me some crazy like four th- crazy things that have happened to you and uh, if you didn't know this about Wes that it's uh, one of my favorite things about him. Uh, he started. Here's one of the sentences he said: "I was so I was seeing Gladys Knight at this Mormon church in Orlando with the guy who played Peter Pan at Disney, and, and I'm like, okay, that in itself is a story. What what the heck, man? So you can always count on some interesting stories and fun times with Wes Gay. We have a lot of fun in this podcast. I can't wait for you to hear it. Get the show notes at SethMuse.com/slash forty-one, and we're gonna tag Story Brand and some of the other. I think Story Brand, some of the other things that we talk about here at the end of the podcast. I'll tag uh, Wes and how to get a hold of him and how to get a hold of uh, Story Brand Guide, etc., so that you can start clarifying your message as a church. All right, let's get to my conversation with Wes. Here we go. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I have my friend Wes Gay back with me for the second time. Wes, welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Thanks for having me, Seth. I, uh, I'm glad that you invited back a guy who graduated public school in South Alabama. I know that's like a missionary outreach, getting people like me on the show twice. <laughs> so I appreciate I appreciate your uh, your service heart there, Seth. Yeah, well, we have a quota we have to reach for a lot of that outreach stuff that we do. So anyway, um, <laughs> to, you're from Alabama. All right, where are you living now? I live just north of Atlanta, Georgia now. Okay, so so you're mm-hmm. in the heartland of of Georgia. Yeah, of what? Yeah, for uh, oh yeah, for real. I'm right in the middle of everything. Yeah, you're, <laughs> in the you're just you're just like a short drive from most things in that area. Like 
from mm-hmm. Nashville and from what what else are you close to? You close to Disneyland? Uh, not Disneyland. That's West Coast. I am about a seven or eight hour drive to Disney World, four hours, three or four hours to Charlotte, North Carolina, four hours to Savannah, Georgia, three hours to Birmingham, four hours to Nashville. Uh, an hour to Atlanta airport, which is the busiest one in the world to get anywhere I'd ever want to go. And the worst <laughs> and the yeah. worst. Uh, I don't know, man. I like the th- I've been in a bunch of airports this year. And the thing about Atlanta is it's the easiest to navigate. Well, yeah, it's two, like a, two big, long hallways. Side you, by side. You, you get on a train and you just go. And it's like, I've been on other ones where you're like jumping to three trains to get to one place. And you're like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I just want to go to one place. You got to keep it easy. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of people say that about DFW and I've kind of learned to navigate DFW. So it's, it's a little bit normal. It's like you just end up in the terminal that has the type of airplane, you know, whatever company you're going to go <laughs> and that's it. And once you're in that terminal, you're good. There's not a lot of jumping back and forth, but you know, sometimes when you get on the outlying international flights or something, you may end up in some strange terminal and not know how to get back and you got to take trains and all that. So yeah, mm-hmm. it gets complicated. Yeah. But my, my worst, and I'll say this about Atlanta, even though it's like straight, it's like the, the worst thing about that airport is the security line. They take oh, forever. Yeah. It's the slowest security it's line funny. ever. There's some, of the, some of the lines now they're testing some kind of way to do it faster um, so it's better. It's still like, we'll test your faith and it yeah. will, it'll, it'll check to see if you've been reading your Bible lately some days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like everything about that airport is nuts and everything <laughs> about that airport's busy and all the parking lots are full all the time now. And it's like, they're raising prices at the parking lots and people are still filling them up. <laughs> it's just never ends. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, so, and so you're the guy to talk to because you're traveling a lot now. And, and what you're traveling for is for story brand mm-hmm. and, and, and for conferences and some other things that that has led to. So tell us a little bit about kind of what you're into these days and what, what's sure. going on with you professionally. Yeah. So I, you mentioned story brand. So I'm one of their certified guides. That means I've gone through a certification process where uh, I can take the story brand framework, the seven part framework and, and use that with companies, with churches, with nonprofits, whoever it is to create clarity around their, whether it's their business, whether it's the products in the business, you name it. And then I, as a copywriter, I also turn that into marketing collateral. So a new website, an email campaign, uh, some kind of, you know, free PDF to capture email addresses, all those kinds of things. Uh, and then I'm, I'm also helping more and more with overall strategy. Like I met with a company here in Atlanta last week, I spent all day working together, walking through the story brand process, not only with their company, but with several of their kind of flagship products. And it turned into, Hey, what is our next step? Like, what do we do? What is our, what should our strategy be, uh, to get to that next level in revenue? So, uh, that's, that's what I do. If for those of you who aren't me with story brand, it's a framework developed by Donna Miller, who has written several New York Times bestselling books over the last 10 or 15 years, Blue Like Jazz, um, Scary Close, uh, Father Fiction, A Th- Million Miles in a Thousand Years, which is actually one of my favorite books ever. Yeah, no, like and I th- told him that. A Thousand Miles that, to Nowhere or something like that too, right? Yeah. yeah. Through Painted Deserts is another one. So, uh, But it's a, it's a framework using seven fundamental parts of storytelling to help you create clarity around the message. So typically companies will go to the workshop in Nashville or do the workshop online or hire somebody like me and we'll walk through those seven steps to create clarity for their overall brand or business. And then also for individual products as well, because it's really about positioning uh, a product service idea well in the mind of the person you're trying to reach is all it is. And it uses the framework of story and Seth, you've gone through it. And for all your listeners who have heard it, uh, it has, it will ruin your ability to watch a movie ever. Yeah. Um, 
I am awful now. Like, yeah, you see it coming. <laughs> you're like, oh, uh-huh. here's here's the guide. Oh, there's a problem. And and then you think you're like a genius when you when you figure it out when it looks complicated at first. <laughs> like, like Mary, when you realize using that framework that Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music are just the same movie. Oh um, no! <laughs> fundamentally, they're the same movie. Well, I know that there's a character in both of those that sing in places where normal people don't sing. So I yes. don't want to watch that. There's I'm that. not a fan. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> and I know that's not popular. Like people are like, how do you hate musicals? Well, it's really easy and I don't yeah. even have to try. It's just something Seth, that comes naturally. See, see audience, <laughs> Seth, it's denial because Seth and I had barbecue in Dallas, Texas a few months ago. And yeah, he stood up on a table and broke out in a song about brisket. I mean, it just, it, that's life, doesn't everybody? And then of, of course, half the restaurant joined in because isn't that real life like musicals? Absolutely. Only available on Reddit in the dark but web. I, but yeah, but I will say... Texas brisket will make you want to stand on a table and sing. That's Dude, completely off topic. Right. But. Heart eight barbecue, Coppell, uh, and now the location of Frisco. Amazing. It's my favorite. Praise. That's proof that God loves his children and wants us to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely in the Bible somewhere. So right. in there. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, talking about story brand. I mean, you, you mentioned I've gone through it too. So yeah, copy copywriting is really important to mm. me coming to my new job. It's the thing that I'm, I'm like driving people crazy about because I'm like, Hey, we've got to do something different here. It's like, come on, it's just copy. So tell me, why do you think it's so important? And and why do churches kind of save that for last as an afterthought? Yeah. Well, it's, it's important. There's a, there was a a copywriter in the early 1900s. His name was John E. Kennedy. And he said, copywriting was salesmanship in print. And that's such a good definition because hmm. what really good writing does in marketing and in ads and everything else, it's trying to sell people, first of all, on an idea. And then eventually for the marketing world, it's trying to sell you on a product or a service, it's trying to convince you that that product or service or idea will help you solve your problems in some way or another to make your life better, it'll make it easier, um, whatever it is. And even though we're in a video-driven world, uh, we're in a video-driven world where people talk on video. Like they're still using words. Yeah. Um, words aren't going away. We call it the word of God. I mean, I've never been to a church where the pastor just held up pictures for 35 minutes and then had you know an altar call and response time, and the band came out and played a Chris Tomlin song. Like I've never <laughs> been there. They use we use words to communicate. We use words to speak to each other. We use words at, in our churches. Uh, again, we <laughs> our songs have words that we sing. I mean, everywhere we have words, and so I think it's so important because words are crucial to be able to explain things, but also to help people understand and kind of can sell them on ideas. I mean, if you think about it for a preacher, you're in a sense, and if you disagree with me, just make sure you hear me out on this for your listeners. And if you really disagree with me, my email address is I don't care at sethmuse.com. <laughs> um, but the reality is most preachers are trying to sell us on an idea that the word of God is true and better than what we're trying on our own. And that the truth that's found in there is what we need in our lives on a day-to-day basis. I mean, that's kind of, that's part of it. I mean, I know it's much bigger than that. I have a master's degree from seminary. I get it. But they're trying, they spend time trying to explain ideas to us, to teach things in scripture to us. And the really good ones do that well. I mean, they unpack deep, hard things in a way that people understand it. And so, so I think words are important. I think writing is important. I think copy is important. But in the church, we live so often in the panic of Sunday to Sunday 
you know, Monday morning is about recapping what happened yesterday. Yeah. And then Monday afternoon is about prepping for the next week. And then for church, you have midweek events or midweek services or whatever. You're prepping for that. If you're off on Fridays or however your schedule works, Thursday's your last day. So we're just constantly living in this in this day-to-day of we got to prepare for Sunday, got to prepare for Sunday. Yeah, it's a meat grinder. So that. Exactly. And copyright writing is such an intimidating thing, partly because writers really amp up how hard they think it is. You know, they really overplay the how yeah, hard. This yeah, we kind of do. Like, it's you like know. you make you make the blank page is like mythical creature from some like f- some fans from Asgard or whatever. And it's like it's it's not that just just it's just, it's a job just like every other job on the planet. It's not making it sound so hard. So I think there's a little bit of intimidation there. Legitimately, a blank page can be overwhelming. Um, if you're sending out an email to your church email list or you're writing an announcement or writing a video script or whatever, um, it's intimidating. And so what we often do is because we're always in the panic and the frenzy of the urgent and we're never sitting and thinking about the important, we just don't really think about how can I communicate this in a way that the people listening will understand it and want to engage. Yeah. So we resort to the normal stuff. I'll tell you, you, Hey, don't miss it. I'm I'm learning. I'm learning right now just how important that is for myself because I came to this new church and we've got, we do video announcements and that's new to me. And so I thought, Oh great. I'll just write some blurbs and people will read them, you know, cause we use a teleprompter and all this kind of stuff, man, it is so different. Like having to ch- change your mind around, like someone's going to have to say this out loud. So it's, uh-huh. it causes you to write differently and causes you mm-hmm. to have to think about the audience and how it's being delivered. It is way harder. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's harder, but it's like, you can learn it. Like I'm learning it. You can learn it. You know, it's, it's not like it's impossible, but it is, there yeah. is a learning curve. And I think a lot of times we don't want, I'll just be honest as a pastor of, I was a youth pastor for 17 years. You've been a pastor in a pastoral role for several years. We get lazy. I mean, we, we do get lazy on this side. Sure. We're not lazy about reaching people. Like, that's not what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah. we think we don't need to do that in order to reach people. Like sometimes you, you miss that disconnect, you get that disconnect there of how that actually helps you reach people in your job. Mm-hmm. And, and I think yeah. there's a big disconnect there for me and for a lot of pastors there is. And like, why is writing important? Yeah. And, you know, I think too, um, most people on church staffs are scared to death to write. You know, even even people who have doctorates who had to write a dissertation in seminary are scared to write a blog post. Um, or they just don't like it, Yeah, you know? And I think too, in the communications world, I know a lot of your listeners come from a communications role. You're expected to be an expert on everything, everything from social media to graphic design to film. Yeah. But you're, you're expected and then copy. And then it's like when you're expected to be an expert on everything, you're really an expert on nothing. So you're a generalist and you're just trying to feed the beast and maintain everything. Mm -hmm. And writing good copy takes mental space that we don't give ourselves. You know, we don't allow ourselves to really think, how am I going to communicate effectively uh, Easter? <laughs> you know, I yeah. went on a website from a, a huge church this year because I was curious. And I was writing a blog about it for somebody else. So I, I looked at it and it's they were in like thousands upon thousands upon thousands a weekend. And there was nothing on their Easter page about Jesus. Zero. Hmm. <laughs> like, wow. The header of their website said, I am for Easter. I'm like, I am what? Like I am Spartacus. Like yeah, what is I am? That's that's really great. That that's really great for a Christian. It's very insider. Kind of, but even then they go, I am what? 
<laughs> like, yeah. Um, so it's it's things like that where we just don't sit. We don't know. We don't give ourselves the freedom and the space to really think through that. And so we resort to the same old tired things and they just don't work. So what we do and it, but companies do it too. It's not just churches. We think, oh, this isn't working. We just need more of it. So we just turn up the volume. So we put out more Facebook statuses that are lame and we send out more bad emails or we just talk louder Mm -hmm. or the pastor just yells, Hey, if you love Jesus, um, or if you don't, you know, if you're probably not going to heaven, if you don't sign up to volunteer in the nursery, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we we drive through guilt. Well, you bring up a lot of good points of like the different types of writing, different types of things that you, that copywriting is, it is part of, um, you know, just to name a few, you got websites, you've got, um, email mm-hmm. funnels or emails in general, or, you know, you've got headings and stuff for an announcement and you've got announcement blurbs. You've got somebody standing up there and, and actually saying it live or video announcements we've talked about. So let's drill down on just on like one of those for an, 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 an like, uh, sure. as what's the word example, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, let's talk about websites Yeah, because websites are very versatile. You mentioned one already, like this big, broad statement. All right. I am on the top. Um, there's a lot of sections of copy, like there's the headline, there's the subheading. And a lot of people don't realize that's copywriting, like writing those takes time mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. how do churches, how should they start approaching writing? Let's say for a website, like what are some steps mm-hmm. they can take when they're starting to try to do it better? Well, well the first thing is you got to think about your audience, like who's coming to your website. Um, you know, and I can't speak for every church, but it's generally two groups. One group is the obvious. It's the people who are coming to your church, who are interested in coming to your church. They just went into town, but they're checking it out online. They're looking for new church because they don't like theirs, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're looking to visit your church for yeah. some reason or another. The other one, I would argue, and I don't think this gets talked about enough, but I think the data would probably support it for most churches. The other group is moms of current of uh, like moms who are members and they're looking for information about stuff happening for their kids. (laughs) So like, yeah. Uh, preschool ministry stuff, children's ministry stuff, student ministry stuff, uh, at times medical release forms, deposits, I mean, all that stuff. Um, but the primary group is coming. They're looking to visit your church. They're looking to come. And so if I'm thinking about that, my first thing is, okay, if they come to our homepage, what is it they need to see? You know, when we talk in story brand, I work with companies, we talk about this thing called the grunt test, mm-hmm. which says uh, somebody needs to be able to define, to see your head, just the, above the fold, the header of your website and define and say who you are, like what you do, how it helps people and how they get started. So in a church, I, w- I would say, especially if you're multi-site, um, you need to say what the church is, uh, maybe where it is, and then a button they can click. Um, something. I mean, just yeah. think about, you know, what I like a friend of mine uh, is a pastor in Mobile, Alabama. He's a story brand guide. He redid their church's website with this in mind. He took this approach. And the the, the, the first version of their site was already pretty. I mean, it was really well designed. Graphically, it looked great. You'd look at it and go, yeah, it's a great website. People would be envious of what they had. Yeah. But he's, he he made it still look good. He went from a it's little things too. Images are huge when you're when you're communicating. Yeah. He went from a the header was a picture of the city skyline, but it, what is that commercial real estate? Like what is that? Yeah. Um, and then it went from that to a picture of their band on Sunday mornings, blurred, so it wasn't super clear, but it's, you, you had an idea of what it was. Uh, they have two locations, so he listed the locations. You could click to go straight to them. Before you had to click like three pages to get to that. I mean, he just thought, thought through, what are people looking for? Well, they may want to hear what the church teaches. So let me give you the sermons, a recent sermons list, where you can see the titles and the passages, so I can immediately know, oh, this is what they talked about. 
um, just things like that. So he thought through it. And within 60 days of doing that, they had a 175% increase in unique traffic on their website. That's amazing. Visitors. And, and, um, and they had when, a 25% increase in attendance too. And when, when he did that, um, how many seconds you said, you, you mentioned the, the grunt desk, how many, how many seconds mm-hmm. should that take for them to get all that information when they first hit your website? Five. I mean, I, I've like five seconds. I went to his website and he lists two or three things like what their church stands for. And I know immediately what they're about. I mean, I have a really good, from that picture and those three things, I go, okay, this is who they are. And this is what they're about. I, I get it. Um, yeah. so that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say, and this is specifically for pastors who aren't, who aren't online marketers or online communicators. It's okay. If your if your website says a lot, as long as it says a lot of the right things, uh, Ray Edwards, who's a direct response, Mark copywriter, like ninja. Yeah. He says, there's no such thing as copy. That's too boring, too long. It's just too boring. So yeah, you can good. have a page that's long as long as it's broken up well and it has the stuff people want to know. You know, basic stuff like um, where your church is. I don't know how many churches I've been on that don't have an address anywhere <laughs> like or a map. <laughs> yes. Um, or, I've, or logical, I've seen that or where myself. Where do I park? Yeah. Don't tell me to park on the, the you know, the X entrance because that's what it's been called for 45 years. Just tell me like when you come to the church, go to the right or to the left or whatever. Um, but be, I mean, you cannot be too simple. And I said this on a Facebook video recently is that we, we know people are intelligent. I get that, but they're busy. So communicate in a way that understands people are busy and they want information fast. Don't be cute with it, but be fat, be clear with it. Like just keep moving. You know, I would say on your homepage, particularly, um, say, give me an idea of what your church is about. Two or three things, big picture. Tell me where your church is and tell me where, what times you meet for your corporate gatherings. Um, tell me on the homepage about where to park, tell me on the homepage, give me an idea about kid stuff, check in all that kind of thing. Um, maybe recent sermons. I mean, just think through what are people looking for in your church? Yeah. Uh, what is it that you're maybe known for in the community? What is it that you feel like you do really well? What is it that, and again, I cannot say this enough when people are looking to visit your church on a Sunday, what do they need to know before they get there? And they don't need to know everything. Yeah, they don't need to know that that one wing of your children's hall of your children's area is blue because the founding pastor used a fountain pen with blue ink, and so you now have the blue ink fountain pen hallway in honor of that pastor from sixty five years ago. That's a cute story, but don't lead with that one. That's a that's a great <laughs> you know? band name, by like the way. Not, I call it. I call that band name punk band. Blue blue fountain pen hallway. <laughs> That's a great. That's a great Blue punk band name. In hallway. That's funny. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so so we've got so we've got all these like website things that you're, you're, you can, you can think about like your audience. You can think about the message. You can think about images. You can think about what type of person would want, whoever you're trying to reach would want to see or want to need what they would need when they first get to the homepage. So here's my question. And, and this is the million dollar question. And if I think if you can figure out how to answer this and get this to work every time you'd be a millionaire, (laughs) um, how do you get churches and businesses are the same way. So you can talk in the sense of business. Mm-hmm. How do you get church leaders that are over these kinds of projects to understand how focused that message needs to be and how if you focus yeah. down, you're not actually excluding anyone? Sure. Because when you, you mentioned on, um, the, on, the, on the front page, you got like several different groups you're trying to reach. The, the typical response is, okay, well, how are we going to reach all those people on the front page? And that's the wrong sure. answer. Right. So mm-hmm. what's the right answer and how do we get there? 
Yeah, so that is a that's a big question, Seth. So thanks a lot for that one. You're welcome. Um, we could do a whole, I only ask hard hitting journalistic time. questions on this podcast. Yeah, you do. Nothing that's stupid right. or irrelevant. Uh, bring in the hammer. Uh, <laughs> we're, you're saving stupid or irrelevant for the end. That's That'll the end. It's always at the end. Yeah, it is. It's a teaser. Yeah. So it depends on your leader. You know, sometimes if a leader says that responds that way and says, "Great, we've got to reach everybody all the time, everywhere." Um, and then you can say, you, you can have that dialogue graciously. Um, and you might be able to, I'm going to go worst case scenario here and they're just stubborn. You can pull every data, every, everything ever, ever, and they're going to fight you on it. And that's fine. So here's what I would suggest. Uh, sometimes people need to see it work in their own context to realize it does work. So here's what I mean. Yeah. Um, you know, we're recording this in November, of 2017. So Christmas obviously is coming soon. If you haven't figured out, Christmas is coming on December 25th again this year, mm. um, ironically enough. So here's what I would say is pick the next big thing coming up in your church, Christmas, Easter, vacation, Bible school, like whatever that next big church-wide thing is. And then I would design a page on your website specifically for that thing, Chris, again, Christmas, Easter, whatever. But with that layout in mind of targeting a specific audience, if I'm doing a Christmas page, for me, it's people who haven't been to church since Mother's Day. Now, I said Mother's Day, not Easter, because they if they came on Easter, they probably came on Mother's Day because that's just what you do Yeah, um, is you go to church with grandma or mama or whatever. Right. Um, and so they haven't been in six or seven months. What are they looking for? They're looking for, for your service times. They don't care what your uh, sermon series is. They don't care to see a bumper video. What are the service times? Uh, what do you, what should they expect? What's Christmas about? You know, that'd be a great evangelism opportunity. Give us, give me a 90 second video explaining what Christmas is and why it's important and why you're excited that they join you on Christmas services, uh, parking, <laughs> all that kind of think about what somebody, so then create that page and just say, Hey, listen, I just want to, can I just try this on one page for this event for the next six or eight? If it doesn't work, we'll, we'll go, but we'll do it the other way. Can I, can we just try it and just ask graciously and, and then if they agree, I think they will let the data speak for itself. Let the, let all the Google analytics speak for itself. Let the engagement speak for itself. And you, and if your attendance is up or involvement is up from the previous year, I would, t I would claim it. Say, Hey, listen, we, we got, we, we communicated this event across the board online on video announcements on the bulletin, all that a specific way. And we had way more involvement. Should, let's try start trying this in other areas and then slowly roll that out over time. Yeah. Some leaders need to see it and slowly roll that out before they realize, Hey, this is what, this is the direction we really need to go. So that's how I do. I would test and measure, um, and then humbly and graciously just give it time because I, I wish I knew this when I was a lot younger, but I would much rather win over somebody over the course of six months or a year than over the course of trying to do it all in three days. Right. Um, and I think it goes back to, we, again, we got to play the long. Yeah. It goes back again to like knowing your audience, you've got a boss or someone who's making decisions and you've got to know uh -huh. how they work. You got to know, are yeah. they an early adopter, a late adopter, a never adopter? I mean, you, you pick your battles based on kind of what you know about your audience and you choose your messaging, how you, based on how you know your mm -hmm. audience, you know, it's all the same exact thing. Exactly. It's like, it works in so right. marketing because it mirrors real life relationship and people like that, mm -hmm. you know, that feels yeah. more natural when you're marketing. Well, it shouldn't feel like you're being sold. It feels like you're just mm -hmm. hanging out with a friend talking about something cool and, and that's good marketing. Well, that's relationships too. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Everything, yeah. everything you just said is 
the icing on the cake, I think of, of, of marketing is that when it feels like it's a relationship and, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's your best, you get more money that way, you get more involvement that way, whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's great. It's exactly just go in there and know your audience, know yeah. your guy and learn how he or she works and, and just, uh, keep trying some things, point out, try little things here and there. And, uh, and just, it's basically you're, you're throwing out the cold lead, you know, it's like the, all those marketing things are coming into play. So it's, it's kind of the same, uh-huh. same thing. Um, yeah, well, I think that's great. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Cause we're, we're talking about sure. a lot of digital. Um, how does it trans? And I guess we could translate that to print pretty easily or handouts. You know, you're looking, I don't know how many times mm-hmm. you, you've, I know some of my listeners get this. I get this too. It's like the typical backwards way of doing things. We need a mailer. We need a handout. We need all this stuff. Okay. Let's sure. make it. Then we make it. And then we're like, here's the copy for it that we haven't considered until now. And it's a book. Yeah. It's like a freaking book. <laughs> and you're like, this isn't going to uh-huh. fit. You know, it's like, start, <laughs> start with there, start that. So we, we try uh-huh. to target niche down. So let's talk about clarity of message and how that really does affect visitors and, and, and things sure. on your website. So um, when you've got a vibrant church with an unclear message, how does that affect them? And then you've got a, 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 a unhealthy church, but they happen to have a clear message. You know, what, what kind of yeah. pitfalls do you get in there? Yeah. Well, I mean, clarity wins the day. And so, um, anytime, you know, sometimes our churches are vibrant in spite of us. Uh, a lot of times that's the case. Yeah. And, and I would say for the vibrant churches, like if you, if they're, if they're growing and, and going, things are going well, but they're still really muddy in their messaging. How much better could they be if things were clear? Yeah, that's you know, the hard sell. You know, for example, I and I rag, I rag on this all the time because it's easy, uh, and we do it to ourselves as men's ministry. You know, it's like yeah. we'll promote an event and we'll say, well, basically, in without saying it, we'll say, well, if you're a real man that loves Jesus, you're going to show up at five o'clock on a Saturday morning and eat bad biscuits, cold gravy, terrible coffee. And probably talk about lust because that's all they talk about at men's events. Seems like, <laughs> you know. But that's not that's not interesting to me. Like I don't want to, you know. Don't say we're gonna have. You know, we announce a men's event. Somebody gets somebody says, "Hey, join us at five a.m. next Saturday morning for biscuits, coffee, and gravy as we talk about the Bible." Boring. Yeah. But instead, I would say, like, if you really want to get clarity, give people a compelling picture of the possible future. So let's say again a men's event, and. uh Let's say, though, you're in a place, let's say I'm in, I'm in Atlanta, a uh, lot of business people around here, a lot of corporations, a lot of people, you know, remote workers, they commute, whatever. So let's say we're going to have everything about how do you live Christianly in, uh, or how, how, do you, how does being a Christian impact your work and business? And let's say, again, I'm in Atlanta, we're going to have somebody from Chick-fil-A come and talk about that. Uh, and I was at an event at a church where we had that. We had one of the highest ranking people in Chick-fil-A, not last name Kathy, who came, and he was brilliant. Like I still refer to that day, yeah. But if I were communicating that event, I wouldn't say, "Hey, come here, this guy, do this thing. We're gonna have breakfast." It's I would give him a future, man. I would say, "Hey, hey, men, what? How would your life be different if you knew how to apply biblical principles to your work every day?" Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What would my what would that look like? Am I doing that now? And you you've opened up a loop, we call it a story loop, where people start asking questions and go, wait a second, am I doing that already? Or that's something I actually do want. I want to learn more. You know, those what if questions, especially on stage, are huge. Yeah. Because it gives people a, an idea of a desired future. You know, infomercials are great at this. 
uh, you'll see somebody like struggling to cut an onion and they're crying. And the narrator will say, are you tired of uh, crying every time you cut onions? And you're like, I don't even cut onions, but yeah, I am. <laughs> I want the onion chop matic 3000 now. I don't even cut onions. Like, I don't want to cry when I cut onions. Like, you, those questions are great triggers, and it, it gets really clear. Because when because people are so busy, man. They're getting thousands of messages a day online and email and everything else. That they need a reason to listen to what we're saying, and they need a reason to engage in what we're doing. And so if we really get clear on those messages, particularly for events and ministries and that kind of thing, then people will naturally engage because they will see how it helps them in their own life. Yeah. And it's not just a, hey, check the box and keep going because you're at church and, you know, dang it, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. And you know? what I can tell you about the story brand framework is it's terrifying when you first fill it out. When you go through the whole script and you fill out each little part Oh yeah. and you go, this is my mm-hmm. message, you go oh my gosh, I've left so much out. But really what you've done is you, you've <laughs> given, you've made your message so clear and focused that uh-huh. it's, it's like almost impossible to resist. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's really close because it's so powerful and so clear. And like yeah. you said, clear wins the day. Mm-hmm. And so speaking of clear, every time um, you brought some copy to try and stump me with like the, uh, I don't know what you got. I haven't heard oh this. So, um, basically what we're going to do is Wes is going to try to read something to me that he found that was very unclear and I'm going to try to guess what it's about and give as much detail as I can. So we're going to see, we're going to see what we come up with here, but, uh, just to illustrate just how important a clear message is, you know, and, and I think, I think it's going to be fun. So Wes, what, what did you bring? Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a little context. Oh, no, I won't, I won't tell you that. This is not church-related. I'll tell you that much. Okay. But this is one that I found recently that is awesome. Okay. I read that some, the, the, the company who did this paid $97,000 for this. Oh, you my ready? gosh. Okay. Hit me. And I'm just going to have to tell you what we, kind of company this is and what they do. Right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we do amazing. It's we do amazing. That's it. Period. Okay. Anything else? On that page? No, that's it. Like, that's it. That's their. That's their. That's their tagline. Is it? Is it dude perfect? No. Is it dude perfect? Donkey close. basketball tournament. Not even close. <laughs> I have no idea. That's nothing to to go on. What? It, what is it? It, it, it? I'm not kidding. You can Google it. This is the new slogan for the city of Columbus, Georgia. Oh my gosh. We do amazing. I, the, and I read today they paid like $93,000 for this whole branding initiative. Where's Columbus, Georgia? It's on the border. Of, it's like two. It's where Fort Benning is, big Army Ranger base. It's two hours, okay. hour and a half, two hours southwest of Atlanta. Wow. On the Alabama. Georgia. We yeah. do amazing. And there's no other copy on that page to kind of go, go on in that first five seconds. <laughs> okay. Here's the next one. This is a church one. I'll give you this. Okay. Bird song. Hmm. Um, well, I grunted. That's official. Um, I'm not sure. Bird song. Is it a, is the name of a ministry? No. It's an event. Yes. Okay. It's an event. Bird song. I'm going to guess it has something to do with uh, like a boy's choir. I'm thinking like high no. pitched tweets or, or like a, uh, <laughs> A, a, a tweeting, a, a tweeting ministry, a tweeting ministry of, of young boys that 
sing really high. I I don't know. Bird song. Uh, A crafting group. (laughs) (laughs) Idea. Bird song. It, it was a women's brunch at a church I worked at. What? Was yeah. that was it like the title of their their lesson or something? No, like that was just the name of the event. That's just the name of the event. Are you coming to Birdsong this year? Yeah, so but that was the one time thing. Like they change the name every time. And here's the funny thing. I oh, had man. gone through old bulletins when I was a communications pastor at this church, found a bunch of names like this, and I said and I brought it up in staff meeting to prove a point about what we're talking about today. And I said, Hey, what was this? And like nobody in the room knew what it was. And it was the church that, that actually did it? Yeah. And it was like three-fourths of the staff had been there at, when that event happened. Oh, man. Everybody, you can't see this, but I just rolled my eyes so big. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dumb. <laughs> they don't remember their own events. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, what else you got for me? All right. So I'm on a roll uh, now. Here we go. Wave. Wave. Oh, that's got to be student camp. Ah, student ministry. Student ministry. Okay. Yeah, I used to be a student yeah. pastor. I recognize those really hipster cool <laughs> games. Or, I'd recognize uh, that anywhere. <laughs> how about how about Crave? It rhymes. Crave. Different church. Yeah. Oh man. I hope it's not men's ministry because it's exactly what you're no. talking about earlier. Um No. I'm gonna say Crave is I don't know, is it like a dieting class no it's student ministry oh that's another student ministry okay. uh, that one's mine so the so wave was one we had submitted on facebook crave was a church i worked at and the student ministry website no lie was getyourcraveon.com <laughs> because oh, no. it stood for oh, no. cultivating cultivating relationships and valuable experiences oh my gosh it, it goes next level it's an acronym yeah oh. it is also get your crave on.com get your crave on.com death by acronym yep (laughs) all right here we go if you're listening and that's yours i am so sorry i don't mean disrespect but that's funny (laughs) yeah yeah by the way in story brand side note we talk about uh slippery bowling balls like every time somebody visits a company website and they see something that's confusing it's like handing somebody an imaginary eight pound bowling ball covered in vaseline but churches, man, we're like bowling ball machine guns. Like we're just <laughs> we're just mowing people down. And it's like somebody comes to your church and like, hey, my tenth grade son, what do you have for him? Oh, well, you know, collide meets in the attic for uh, drip for you know exchange. Hey, by the way, why don't you come to the driven event? No, it's like, hey, your high school our high school students meet upstairs on Wednesday nights at six thirty. Hey, Dad, come to our men's ministry event next week. That's way clear. <laughs> yeah, and, way clear. And and I will and I'm going to say this because I wanted to make sure I said this. When we're confusing like this, especially on the weekends in our services, we're burning up mental energy people have, and they they're not going to remember the teaching and the the truth in the teaching and the truth in our music. That's what we need people to remember. Wow. We don't need people to remember why. Uh, what the 412 ministry is or what the crave ministry is or what the exchange ministry is or what the touching ladies for Christ ministry is. Oh, that's, women's ministry. that's wrong. That was a, that's a church I worked at. Uh, <laughs> that was women's ministry. All right. So, so hang on. So what you're saying, just to clarify that, what you're saying is, is that when people come to our church, there's actual energy they're burning to think about things. And when yeah. you, you're basically stealing from the time where they're hearing the word of God or in worship by making announcements unclear and difficult to understand. When you when we make things confusing, we make people think harder. And when we make people think harder, you literally burn calories. That's why mm. when you put a lot of thought behind a project or you're even in traffic, when traffic's bad, you're exhausted. Yes. And you, have, you sit there. You don't do anything. But your your mind is working so hard 
So let's let people work. Let's let people's minds focus on the truths of scripture and not how cute our message is. Yeah. Give me some more crave. All right. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Well, that's a movie. Oh, it's not just a movie, my friend. <laughs> that's a that's just a ripoff of a movie. Like that's like you could basically do that with anything. Like come to Braveheart. You know, like, well, that's obviously your men's ministry, you know. Like, <laughs> I would hope so. Like, yeah. Actually, really it's the, it's our ministry. newborns. It's our newborn ministry. <laughs> Brave hearts. Like, yeah. totally missed it. Um, yeah. Okay, Skinny. so yeah. Miracle on 34th Street. I'm going to guess that is a, um, a group of women that decorate their church once a year and call themselves that. For no. Christmas. For uh, Christmas. Is, this is what I got on a message. This came from Facebook. Okay. Our church has a chunk of money set aside every Christmas to bless the family in our community. We get people to nominate others who are down on their luck or could just use a blessing. They've ranged from a year's supply of dog food for the therapy dog of a boy with autism to groceries for a family of six with six kids to counseling for a young lady who was assaulted. And it's called Miracle on 34th Street. Man, why don't they just call that, like, love your neighbor? Yeah, exactly. Or something. And the guy who sent me that, he acknowledged, like... Um, it falls under the category of cute, not clear. And I'm like, well, you can change it. Yeah. Um, wow. Here, here's one. Here's one. This isn't like you don't have to guess what it is. This is just an example of bad copywriting from a very large church. Very, very large church. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm so still going to guess. Is what the, this is what the message said. Dude, D-U-U-U-D-E. So you know it's serious. <laughs> oh, that's the beginning here's, of the message? This is what I got sent on Facebook, yeah. Okay. Here's one for Seth's, po- for Seth's podcast. My favorite bad copywriting I had to fix in an e-blast was for a men's discipleship group. One of our executive pastors, again, huge church, or if I'm Donald Trump, it's a huge church, uh, wrote, <laughs> they wrote something like this. Get ready for some great man-on-man relationships this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. We changed that before it got sent. Thank you, oh, face emoji. That, nope. Nope. <laughs> Okay. No. Oh, somebody else needs to read stuff. You always got to have two sets of eyes on the copy. At least. At least. Uh, Here's another one. Uh, This is a, this is, you have to guess what it is. Okay. M&M's. Candy. Okay. Serious Uh, guess. M&M's. Men and ministries. Men and missions. Music and missions. Music and missions. I was close with that one. I was like, it's got to be an acronym. It's always an acronym. Mm -hmm. That's my go-to. This is my favorite one probably ever uh, in the history of church. I still don't know, know what it is, series. though. I don't either. Music and missions. That's all I know. Um, they played music for missions or something, I guess. Okay. Uh, here you go. <laughs> I get. I laugh. Again, everybody needs a middle school boy. Every church needs a middle school boy <laughs> council for communications. Because if you say something to them and they giggle, go back to the drawing board. Yeah, or the just ask the youth pastor. He'll, he'll get yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. The youth pastor should have caught this one. Yeah. The backseat ministry. Oh no! <laughs> is um, okay. Serious answer. Is that a ministry to? Um, oh, I have no idea. Backseat ministry. Okay, the crass answer is: Is that a ministry for unplanned pregnancy? No. the The straight answer is: Is that a ministry for? Backseat ministry. What could that possibly be? It could be a ministry for uh, guys that like fix your upholstery in your car. No. The goal was to provide a way for people without transportation or with health problems to get to church. Oh, see, that's a sweet thing. Yeah. The transportation ministry. Yeah. 
the the pick the, the we'll pick you up and take you to church ministry. I don't know. That's yeah. not that's not super flashy, but yeah, it's clear. Again, I'm a I'm a I'm I'm probably a little extreme. I'm very extreme. Just call it what it is. Like if you drive buses, it's the bus ministry. If it's the van, it's the van ministry. If it's if you're just people picking you up in their cars, then it's the transportation. Like something so people know. Oh, that's what that is. Not oh, let me giggle and then cover up the fact that I just giggled. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Every youth pastor listening to this that also does comms is like going. Oh man. Oh man. This is not, Oh no, (laughs) don't do it. Oh my gosh. I can't believe the backseat ministry. Okay. That's a good one. So yeah, that, that was the last one. I mean, and then there's the typical ones, right? Like there's, there's exchange, collide, drive, engage, um, basically go watch shoot Christian say on YouTube by Tripp and Tyler. And they have a whole montage of just yeah. crazy church names. I'll tell you what stuff. We, we did something recently that it goes into this field and was like, man, the mistake, right? Number one on this very thing. Like we came yeah. up with this really great ad for re-engage. It's our marriage ministry that goes yeah. and, and we have, we have signs in the bathroom. So we call it the potty press. <laughs> And we think it's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a great name, but we know what that is. Like that's insider. We don't call it that publicly. Like, Hey, have you read the potty press? You know, that's stupid. You know, it's like inappropriate to say from the stage. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just basically signage for events and things that are in the bathroom because while someone's standing at a urinal or sitting in a stall, they're going to look at it, either look at their phone or they're going to read something right in front of them. Right. It's like the best place for ads right there. If you're not doing that in your church, let me tell you, it is massively uh, successful. But we had this great one and we put, we put it in the stalls and it was for re-engage, which is a marriage ministry. And it had a, it had the patent of the toilet paper showing the, oh, yeah. you know, and I think I shared this online, but it was a great ad. I mean, it's just great. And uh, it said, showed the patent like uh, of the toilet paper, showing it with it coming over the top yeah. And like, you know, everyone always argues, like, does it go under? Does it go over? It's like, how do you put the toilet paper roll in there? So it was like, there it is. There's the patent. There's the original design. And so the copy read, um, that's one argument solved, solve the rest at re-engage, which that's is funny. awesome. Except I never once said it was for married couples on the whole thing. <laughs> it was like, you still have to know what re-engage is. Yeah. And I'm like, dang it. Missed. Missed the uh-huh. whole thing. So I was so upset when I saw it. I was I was actually I was actually standing at a urinal reading it and going, <laughs> we didn't say that was for marriage at all. You know, I was like, what is what is wrong yeah. with me? Total no. missed opportunity. So it, it happens to everybody. But it's just thinking about like what is the message? What is that about? Making it super yeah. clear. Right now we yeah, have I one said- that's really great. It's wash your hands, and it has a soap dispenser on it, and it says wash your hands in the soap dispenser, and then it says. Of all the things holding you back, get free at Regeneration, which is a ministry for addiction. So it's wash your hands of the things holding you back. And then we put Regeneration and their tagline so people know what it is. Because I learned my lesson last time. But it's it's like you get some clever things going. But clever and cute. It's like we got so excited about that. Missed out on clear. We, you know, it's basic stuff. We forget that that super people are most involved people are what 30, 35 weekends a year, just on Sunday morning. Cause most people aren't doing Sunday night anymore. You know, when I was growing up, it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You were expected to be there three times a week. Yeah. More than now the adults. To, yeah. Now you're, now you're lucky to get people there three times a month. 
The yep. average is less than two. So people aren't all, they're not spending 40 or 50 hours a week in your church like you and your staff are. They're not coming every Sunday. They're not reading everything that goes out. And so we have such a, a small amount of time to get them. We're not competing with other churches. We're competing for everything else in their inbox, everything else on their newsfeed, everything else they could possibly hear. And if we're not really, really clear and direct and compelling with people, we will miss out. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, companies spend millions and millions, some comp- individual companies will spend millions and millions of dollars on good copy because they know it works. But right. in the church, we're like, oh, just tell them, you know, just, you know, don't miss it. <laughs> and we wonder why nobody comes. Yeah. And I think it's important to say exactly that copy is actually what calls people to action. The images and the feel and the look and the experience and all that, that might inspire, but the copy actually tells you what to do. And if they don't know what we to do, people. then you won't, they won't do anything. You won't be able to do stuff. You want to increase your online giving, put a big fat button on your website that says give now, Yep. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Well, Wes, this has been great. I love talking about this. I could talk about it all night and uh, love when you come on the show. It's a lot of fun. Tell people where they can get in touch with you. If they need help with their copy, they can maybe hire you or find somebody sure. that can actually help them with, you know, in the story yeah, yeah. brand framework. Sure. So the best place to go is my website, just westgay.com. And it's got everything I do there. Uh, and then you can also I love to hit me up on Twitter, just at westgay. Also Facebook, facebook.com slash westgay. If you just Google my name, um, basically everything on the front page of Google is me. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, Wes is a big deal, you guys. He's a big deal. You can find well, him on Google. Like, <laughs> there's only like three of us across the country, and I'm yeah. the only one who writes. I'm the only one who's who. Uh, it probably does a lot online. So, so you have the, you have that luxury too of having a very unique name, like I do. Like there's only there's one there's three Seth Muses in America. One of them That's is funny. a lawyer, and I think he's in Florida. Nice. And the other was an SMU student right down the road not too long ago. Wow. And I'm like, um, what's going on? I think he's in a band. I don't know. It's not me. I was in a band, but I was like, that's weird. <laughs> But anyway, well, yeah. thanks for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, I always love it when you come on. You bring so much to the show. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Seth. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, that is our conversation today. And thank you so much for listening. You can get the show notes again at sethmuse.com slash 41. Go check out the resource I have available, 88 Ideas for Church Social Media Posts. You can find it at sethmuse.com. I'll link to that as always in the show notes. And we'll link to some of those other things that Wes talked about. So thank you so much for listening. appreciate it. I'll see you back in two weeks. See ya. See ya.